Hey everybody, this is Brad Bruce and I'm here with Jace Marsiglia. And you're listening to the 5195 Podcast. What up, what up? Well, man, I think we should kind of jump back into last week's episode. Yeah, we got off on kind of a tangent there. We yeah. opened up a lot of uh a lot of avenues. Yeah. Especially, um, you know, with the with the whole collecting and the craziness that we uh we are not the only ones. No, we're not the only ones. That's what's crazy about it. Someone out there listening is like, yes, I fucking hunt for movies all the time. I go there too. I dealt with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can email us with places they go to. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. You know? You know? <sighs> Who knows if it's out of the way? Road trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was funny because you were talking about Orbit DVD. Yes. Last week, and I had since I didn't order movies yet, and I'm waiting on it to get here, but I did order the Vintage Halloween Tricks, Treats, and Traditions book. Oh, that could, did- you, could you imagine if we had that book when we did our Halloween episode? Oh, man. Oh, my God. Well, next year. Next year. year. Next yeah. year. Yeah. Um, no, I'm super excited to get that book, just talking about the history of all of the, like the, what is it? Well, decorations. Yeah, all the decorations. Uh, the origin of masks. Yeah. Um, jack-o'-lanterns. I mean, it looks from the looks of it, from the few pictures on the website, this book is a tome of useless to anyone but us yeah. information. And I'm very excited because, as you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I've talked about it, I, may, I might have, but I'm a huge blow mold fan. Like I have been yes. since I was a kid. Yep. I actually picked up some the other day while, while you were here. You know, we... But before you go on, yeah. uh, what's blow mold? Blow molds are Halloween decorations like from the 50s, 60s, and they're just plastic um, pumpkins, jack-o'-lanterns, you know, the ghosts, mm-hmm. you know, skeletons. Um, it's just uh, illuminated decor, plastic, okay. and they're, you know, they're colored plastic, and then they have some paint on them, like the ghost and the pumpkins. They paint the faces and stuff. And uh-huh. um, the two of the big ones that I collect are Empire and Don Featherstone. Okay. Now, I used to collect these when you could get them at a yard sale, like 10 for like 20 bucks, because people just didn't care about them. They were usually unloading their holiday garage yeah, or something. just didn't care you about know, them. Just wanted to move them out. Now, I actually see people wearing shirts that say, I collect blow molds. Really? Yeah. And some of these things are going for $500, $600, $700 now. I had no idea. Yeah. And I, I collect for Christmas and Halloween. And the thing is, these blow molds, for those wondering, these are typically the standees that go outside. Yeah. Typically. And I want to say you run a cord and a, a, a light into it. Yes. So that at night, it's the guy standing on the lawn mm-hmm. lit up. But he's hard. It's a hard yes, plastic. It's a hard plastic. But yeah. it's, it's usually illuminated from inside. Yes. And looks... Pretty rad. And oh, you, they're, so, they're so rad. Chances are you or your parents have owned dozens of them over the course of your yeah, life. Yeah, and, and they started like, you know, you can get the, you can get Halloween trick-or-treat buckets, mm-hmm. um, just all kinds of blow, flashlights. Yeah. You know, all kinds of blow mold stuff, you know. It's pretty like, cool. Yeah, I'm actually sitting next to two vintage, from the one from the 60s and one from the 70s, mm-hmm. uh, Halloween buckets. And it's funny. Were those the ones you picked up today? Yeah, because you can see just the size. Of yeah. how much candy is going to go in this thing. Not very much. No. But this was the norm in the 60s. It was. And you know? and to be fair, if, if you've got a, if you're trick-or-treating with like a toddler. Yeah. That's about the size that's, they need. That's you what know. they need. Yeah. They shouldn't be dragging around a pillowcase. Yeah. Like, you know. Like we 
do. Do? Yeah, like we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like I was, I picked up that book on there mainly for the decorations and the and the blow mold section. Sure. I mean, I'm 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 positive it's full of just awesome information. Oh, it has to be. It just looks rad. It definitely does. So I know we were talking about the links we go to find these movies. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about that cross state, you know, fiasco of yeah. looking for cellar dweller. I call it my last crusade. Uh, <laughs> um, what are some of your rarest movies? That's a really good question. Um, I know last episode I mentioned the the Frighteners uh-huh. box set by Turbine that was from Germany. Yeah. I think like, I don't know, 1400 were made, which is really low. We were talking last time about the limited edition of Army of Darkness and yeah. Suspiria. Those, if I remember correctly, were 30,000. Okay. Okay. So nice five-digit number. That's pretty big, but it's still limited. Right. Right. Let me check the Frighteners here. And the Turbine edition, there were two different covers. Okay. So there was one cover that was the typical face laughing like it was pressing out of the wall. The original one sheet. Then there was a new design that was almost, I don't want to call it holographic, but it was like a shiny, but it was like the Reaper kind of curled around the cover and it looked cool. And the thing was, if you got one cover, the slip on the inside was the opposite artwork. Oh, okay. And because I already had the Frighteners with the original one sheet, I went with the other design. So mine would have been cover B, and there was 3,333 copies. Cover A, with the more common cover, was 4,444. So for some reason, odd number, but they were all the same number, you know, 3333. Uh And I honestly, I have no idea how many are out there anymore. But that 3,000, give or take, or 4,000 worldwide. That's so, a very low number. It's an extremely low number. And I personally, yeah, that might be one of my rarest. And the sad thing is it came out last year. It's not even an old one. Other than that, I do have a few Kickstarter movies. Um, I, I did, <laughs> I think I got one called um, the Amazon Hotbox. Okay. I don't know if you remember that movie. I don't. Um, it's pretty rare. It's from the the same guy who did Dear God No and Frankenstein Created Bikers. Okay. Um, it's all part of that kind of trilogy. Amazon Hotbox. It was like a um, Kickstarter exclusive Blu-ray mm-hmm. that came with trading cards and a patch or something. And that one might even be a three-digit number. Really? It could be three digits. It has Ellie Church and Tristan Risk and Jordan Phipps. And it's it's a pretty epic, low-budget, women-in-prison kind of movie. Okay. It's, it's like a grindhouse flick. Modern grindhouse. I think it's hit shelves worldwide now. But okay. But it's not the edition that I've got. Okay. Mine is like limited, like bonus features are limited. You know, this thing came with all the bells and whistles. Whatever came out. Subsequently, I'm sure it's like a third of what I have. Right. Well, it's on Prime Video, so you can stream it. And from the looks of it, that's it. Really? Yep. So, I mean, I have a hard copy that I can pull off the shelf. Everyone else, you're just going to have to watch it on Amazon, I guess. <laughs> and I don't even know if it's the same vert. Oh, no, it's not. I th- 
This says uh, Amazon Hotbox rated R. I'm pretty sure mine is a two-hour unrated cut, and this looks like it's 88 minutes. Jeez. So I'm pretty sure mine is longer and crazier and probably sleazier because it is a women in prison. I mean, we hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. I remember watching it like last summer and was like, for the budget they had and everything, this movie's fucking epic. It was really good. Yeah, there's that. Um, a couple other one like Kickstarter deals. I'm sure horror fans all over are well aware now of the In Search of Darkness trilogy. These massive 80s horror documentaries. Right. I jumped in on those and I have all three. Mm-hmm. I don't know how readily available those are. I'm pretty sure mostly you could just watch it streaming on Shudder. Those, I would imagine, are pretty rare as far as a hard copy is concerned. I'm sure I've got several that are way, 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 way out of print. Yeah. Um, what about you? Well, when I bought it, I didn't know it was going to be this, I guess, rare. Or I got The Norm Show. Norm MacDonald? Yes. The sitcom. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I had bought it from my friend's record shop. Okay. Because fucking love Norm, Artie Lang. It was a funny show. It was a super funny show. It was. But have you seen what this thing is going for? No. I don't know if it's still commanding that price it was back in the day, but used they're like two fifty. Really? Yeah. Holy cow! And there's like sealed ones for over a thousand. That's pretty crazy. I yeah. Wonder, I wonder what the the deal is. You know, I don't know. I really maybe they just didn't produce that many, or was it out of print prior to his death? Oh yes. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. It's 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 been out of print for a long time. But yeah, that's probably one of the like the rarest ones um, that I have, I guess, just because of, you know, it going out of print so quick. The weirdest one that I have, <laughs> and it's one of my favorites, and I watch it all the time, mm-hmm. is the Paul Lind Halloween special. Oh, geez. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. And yeah. I, I watch it every Halloween season. No kidding. Yeah. It was just like this bizarre... 70s variety show and it opens with paul lind in his house getting ready for what he thought was like he goes through christmas and easter and valentine's day Mm -hmm. and then they end on the like the paul lind halloween special and margaret hamilton is his housekeeper okay wicked witch yeah and there's just so many like fucking random weird people in it yeah you know and it's like it's just it makes no sense to me that around, this thing would even exist. Around what era? Is this the 70s? This is 70s. Okay. Then, yeah, they... <laughs> they just did all kinds of weird shit. Everyone just got drunk or high in the dressing room and said, <laughs> turn on the camera. This is a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's like Kiss. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. You would never... Is on it. It just doesn't seem like the type of thing. And they sing Beth. <laughs> and it's like this really, like, beautiful, melodic... Like, and then the set is like gothic and candles and there's all these like sweeping camera motions and it's just. How funny. It's fucking bizarre. How But funny. for some reason, I just love it. Yeah. It's just it's, goofy as hell. But it's a curio. I mean, it's. Yeah, exactly. You know. Because like, I mean, when you think Halloween, the first name that doesn't come to mind is Paul Lind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So it, yeah, it's just weird. I know you don't collect for value where you're like. I'm buying this because this is going to be worth a ton of money. No, I buy because I love it. Exactly. And so do I. You and I went to Book Off in... Riverside. Was it in Riverside? Yeah. And one of the more expensive ones that I have is a arrow box set, sort of, 
of Creepshow 2. Yeah. And this thing went out of print almost immediately. And it came in a really hard red slip. And it came with a comic, a fully illustrated comic of the story Pinfall, which was one of the stories excised from the script. And for years, people wanted to know what the fuck Pinfall was. It was it was considered like the lost Romero story. And um, it came with this fully illustrated comic, which it would have been really fucking cool. I mean, you read this comic and it's great. I don't know if you've read yours or looked no, at it. I got mine when it was like, get it now. Yeah. Because it's going. Yeah. And I was scared to open it. Okay. Yeah, no, I got mine early. And like a lot of arrows, it said it was a limited edition. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that within two, three months, it would have been like, this has disappeared. Mm-hmm. This is gone. Sold out. It's like worth almost double now, right? Or more. Yeah. I think, well, we saw it at Book Off for like 90 bucks. Yeah. I think we looked on eBay and it was worth like 130. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's used, I think. Yeah, that was used. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, Pinfall, the comic was, um, basically it was a story about rival bowling teams. And one of the teams was kind of hotshot young guys. And the other team was like old guys, mm-hmm. old, old, old hat. And because one of them won a tournament and got a trophy or something, the head of the younger guys team was like, fuck those old guys, blah, blah, blah. And he fucked with their car and they drove over a cliff and died. And basically because they died, the spoils went to next in line so they're like i guess we're the champions you know and the story basically ends like your classic ec comic where the dead players who died in the car wreck who are all mangled and fucked up looking they stagger into the bowling alley at night while the other teams they're practicing and they rip them to pieces and bowl with their severed limbs which is a callback to the infamous tales from the crypt comic where the rival baseball team was you know using innards and guts as home plate and yeah. stuff like that it's basically exactly what that wow. was just bowling very easy to picture as a creep show story yeah but it also goes into what we talked about before about creep show too we've murdered the elderly it's a very mean-spirited story but it was it fit right in and it would have been pretty damn cool that would have been cool but what I liked about that box was just it gave you a glimpse into what could have been mm-hmm and it was um, the story that was never adapted. So I thought it was pretty cool. That is very cool. It was cool. And it made the limited edition worth it. Yeah. Because the copy that's out there now, it's the same as the one that's in the box. Mm-hmm. You're just not getting the hard outer box or the comic. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's one of my more expensive ones. Another, yeah. Another one would be Bride of Reanimator and also an Arrow limited edition. And this one was a fold out. Both Bride and the original Reanimator, when those were released as limited editions, came with the graphic novels that were subsequently made by, I don't know, Dark Horse or something, whoever adapted. But the first one came with the comic adaptation of the first movie. Bride of Reanimator, I believe, came with, it was a it was a perfect bound graphic novel of the 1992 Dawn of Reanimator, which was its own original wow. story. Wow, okay. But yeah, it was, it was like a four comic arc. That was reprinted in this Perfect Bound book. It, it was a three-disc set versus the two that's available now. And um, from the looks of it, to buy it used, 160 bucks. No kidding. Yep. And this came out in 2016. Wow. Uh, to buy it new, 183 This thing's got some tires on it, man. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a big one. You have that one? I do. I have that and the first one. I wonder what the first one's going for right now. Because I'm, I'm a huge Reanimator fan. Fucking love Yeah, Reanimator. same. Reanimator Blu-ray, Aerofilms, limited edition. 
Holy shit. There's no price for used on okay. Amazon, but new, $199.99. Are you kidding me? And that's for the limited edition with the comic. Wow. It's a phenomenal set, mm-hmm. but it is incredibly rare. And it's crazy because I got mine at Barnes & Noble during the half-off sale. For Arrow? Yeah. Wow. And is it the same one, the fold-out with the comic? Yeah. Between those two, we're sitting on damn near 400 bucks. That's insane. Just the two. And the thing is, because they're so expensive and irreplaceable, I couldn't imagine selling mine. No. Nope. That's not even a question. No. That one's one that stays in the vault. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah, I have those. On a lesser scale, beyond Reanimator, the third one, Arrow mm-hmm. did release a version it's a pretty standard edition. I mean, there's a lot on it. Yeah. But they didn't give it the fanfare that they did the first two. Right. And uh, yeah, those box sets are fucking massive and very expensive now. You know, those are some that I take a lot of pride mm-hmm. in. I've also got, I'm going to look at the price of this. Arrow had also released a box set overseas. This was the Region B locked uh-huh. of the movie House. Okay. But here's the thing. Because, and we talked about this in the last episode, certain studios had certain rights. Over here, in, on the same day, Arrow released on this on stateside, House, Two Stories. And it's House 1 and 2. Yeah. And it came in a pretty, pretty fucking cool box set. Came with a uh, reversible covers, and it says a 60-page book titled The House Companion. All well and good. Now, UK's house, and Anchor Bay owns... All four of them. And mind you, the fourth house has never reached digital in the States. Okay. It's still just a VHS for now. Whereas house three, quote unquote, called The Horror Show, has been released by Scream Factory. I don't remember if it's out of print or not, but you could get it. It's just not part of the set. Right. I bought the UK one. Okay. And this comes with house one, two, three, and four. Okay. Both in Blu-ray and DVD, so it's an eight-disc set. And the House Companion book doesn't just cover one and two. It covers all four and is 148 pages, hardbound. Okay. Hardcover. They all got 2K restorations. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is a massive, massive box set, and it's only available overseas. This this would be where you get your regional coded Mm -hmm. player working. Um I don't know how to convert pounds without going to Google, but mm-hmm. used, it's $66.99, new $144.95 for what's called the house collection. Because again, in the States, they did a pretty lavish job of doing one and two, but if you wanted all four house movies, you had to go overseas. Yeah. And now it's going to cost you. But that was when I jumped on when they announced it and it's just gone up in price. And I mean, it's a pretty fucking stellar box set. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's the only time I've ever owned a digital copy of House 4. Not that it's a great movie, but you never see it anywhere. It, right. If you have the VHS, that's as far that's as it. it got here. Yeah. Wow. And what's cool, the horror show in this box set, because it's UK, it's called House 3. Oh, get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah. So literally the box is House, House 2, House 3. Oh, that's fucking rad. House 4. Because, and, and this is this is for people who don't know, this is for our, our, our new horror fans. House 1 and 2 was released. They made a movie called The Horror Show, which has no relation to House 1 and 2. Overseas, it was released as House 3. Because of that, when we made another house here in the States, 
whoever was aware, whether it was Sean Cunningham or whoever, because it's his, it's Cunningham's series. Um, they just decided we'll make House Four. So here in the states, for years, if you walked through a video store, you would see House, House Two, and House Four, never knowing where the fuck this three is, and you wouldn't find it unless you knew to look for the horror show. The horror show is only House Three overseas. Here. It's a completely separate movie, and I don't know about anyone else, but it drove me up the fucking wall. <laughs> yeah. Because it didn't matter what video store I went to, House 1, House 2, House 4. And I was always like, where is this mythical House 3? <laughs> and it really wasn't until the internet blew up that I was able to do some research and go, oh, it's not called House 3 over here. But my box set, the artwork is house three that's and rad it's pretty fucking cool does it have the same kind of art as yes. oh wow because yes. uh justin osborne i believe okay made new artwork for all four movies and all four movies have the house front and center and whoever the big bad is looming over it yeah so house one has the house and big ben house two has the house and the cowboy yeah um house three has the electrified guy. Right. Um, house... meet, meet Cleaver Max? Yes, yes. <laughs> the fourth one, I forget who is over it, because to be completely honest with you, I don't really remember a bad, a central bad guy in House 4. House 4? Yeah, that's that's the one I've watched the least, to yeah. be honest. Okay, House 4, also known as The Repossession. It's not even showing me a picture. Well. Yeah, so, but yeah. And um, that never made it to DVD? No, Never. Wow. No, I have no idea why either. Um, I can't call it a demand thing because the House series has its fans. Is Cunningham involved in that one? Yeah. In fact, it's, a, it's such a fucking weird sequel. I, I Again, I'm not a big fan of it, but House 4 brought back William Cat as Roger Cobb. Really? You never saw it? I never saw it. Okay, so House 4, Roger Cobb is now married okay. to a woman who's not his wife from the first one. I know he was divorced in the first one, but right. still. He doesn't have a son. He has a daughter, and he's inherited this house, just like in the first one, from somebody. Okay. So it's almost like he's Roger Cobb again, but he's not. Okay. Um, there's no allusions to the previous movies. There's no reference to him being a Vietnam vet. There's no reference to his son, who was such a big part of the plot. Right. He's just Roger Cobb, played by William Cat, with a whole fucking new family, and... This house that he inherited, he doesn't even get to enjoy because he's killed in a car wreck. And now it's just the, the widow and the daughter living in this house. And the reason I can't remember a big bad is because the villain in it, it was this little person. Okay. And he was like the head of a toxic waste dumping conglomerate. And they were dumping toxic waste on that property. And now that someone's living there. They're trying to scare them out of the house so they can continue to dump. Oh, whoa. They're trying to get them out of the house. That doesn't sound too supernatural. No, but there is supernatural shit in it. For instance, Kane Hodder shows up as a talking face in a pizza that vomits pizza sauce at them. And it's it's so fucking bizarre. Even the villain in it, the little guy, this little person. Yeah. He'll be talking to his henchmen and then start going like... And they hook this tracheal tube to his throat, pump out phlegm into this machine, like the phlegmomatic, and then pour the phlegm into a glass and then hold down whoever he was... Come on. Whoever he was angry at and... Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely disgusting. 
It's sick. Oh my god! But it, it feels like anything but a house film. Yeah. Yeah, I personally, I'm not a fan. Wow. Not a fan. It's just gross, you know. And so, do I even want to ask this next question? Did Harry do the music? Music by Harry Manfredini. There he is. Produced by Sean Cunningham. Uh, wow. So it had all the ties to the original. It does. Yeah. And like I said, William Cat is playing Roger Cobb. What year was this? Uh, this was 1992, and it went right to video. Yep. Wow. And Roger Cobb's wife was played by, uh, I think her name's pronounced Terry Trees. Okay. And she's the, um, I don't know if you remember the movie, The Nest. Yes. You know, the fucked up roach movie? Yep. She's Dr. Hubbard in The Nest. She was, okay. She was in that. So you'd know her if you've seen her. She yeah. Was, she was in lots of stuff. She was on Alien Nation for a while. But yeah, she she appeared in a lot. And she's, she's fine in it. It's not that bad. But... Um, the movie as a whole is just, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, the Flim guy, his name is Mr. Grosso. Very clever. Um, hmm. But I just remember watching it one Halloween and being like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. No, um, not a fan. But the thing is, the cover certainly makes you think it's a house movie as well, because you've got the disembodied hand. It mm-hmm. shows up on all the posters. Like the ding dong, you're dead. Yeah, ding yeah. dong, you're dead. He's holding a four up. <laughs> oh, God's clever. And he's in a window <laughs> and it says, instead of home, sweet home, the, the sweet is crossed out in blood and it says like home, deadly home. But, uh. And let me guess, I bet this VHS is probably expensive. Mm, good question. Very good question. For our collectors, let's find out. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, 20 bucks, I'll make the leap. Anything over? No. Yeah, no, this is not a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't stand it. Oh, and the reason I couldn't remember a villain? House for the repossession. The people above the house is just the wife screaming and William Cat's face. So, yeah, there was no big paranormal bad in this movie. VHS tape. <laughs> Ironically... Used, you can get it for eight fifty nine. New, you could get it for two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, hey, you know, go okay, n- go nuts. Oh, there is a VHS tape. It says released August fifteenth, nineteen ninety five. Used is going for thirty four ninety. Wow. I don't know what the difference is. Maybe one is a off brand, like your your star, <clears throat> the star maker, star maker. Yeah, could, it could be something like that, but. According to the website I'm looking at, it they both look the same. Okay. And uh, was released by, of all companies, New Line. No kidding. This one was uh, New Line, v- New Line VHS anyway. Yeah, not a favorite, but I am a completist and I wanted the box set. Yeah. So I've got all four and a really fucking cool book to go with it. Well, yeah, I never knew that. I never knew that existed. Never? No. So you never walked through a video store and saw... One, two, four. No. I used to see it all the time and it made me nuts. You know what? Honestly, I was such a big fan of one and two. I wasn't even a big fan of two. You weren't a big fan of two. I'll I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Two has its moments. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, two is one of those movies where I'm like, this is too goofy for adults, too creepy for kids. Yeah. So who the fuck is it made for? Who is it made for? And... Yes, I do. I absolutely adore John Ratzenberger's cameo. Yeah. Um, I love Gramps. Right. You know, the makeup in it is fucking stellar. The sets are amazing. But as a house movie, I thought it leaned too hard into goofy. Mm. Whereas the first one was a nice balance of funny and scary. Yeah. 
you know, the first one's a superior film, whereas mm-hmm. the second one, a little too goofy for my taste, a little too out there as well, because we got like a fucking dog caterpillar and a pterodactyl yeah. and, you know, it was, as a kid, I liked it more, but now it's like, I watch it and I kind of go, I'm not really sure who this was made for. Yeah. So, I mean, nostalgia does play a part. If it's on, I'll watch it. Uh-huh. But I didn't think it ever held a candle. To, to the first. To the original. No. But when I got that box set, I kind of popped through them again. Uh, I forgot how good the horror show is, House 3. That's a fun movie. Is it? With Lance Henriksen. See, it's been a minute. Yeah. That's a fun movie. It, they were trying, you could tell they were trying to make Mad Max, the Cleaver guy, you know, whoever yeah. that was. They yeah. were trying to make him like a new Freddy. Okay. And in a weird way, he's kind of a precursor to the movie Shocker. Oh, because okay. Because he was killed in the electric chair and kind of uses electricity and um that one wasn't bad it held up better so to me the odd numbered house movies are better than the even numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if you want to if you want to yeah. look at it that way but overall as a, as a series i was happy to buy the the box set and just have them all yeah you know because they're fun to revisit and you never know who's gonna like it mm-hmm. i could show it to my kids and they're like i like all of them who the fuck knows Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm one of those. I'll just, I'll pick them up to be a completist. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this question. Sure. Being a collector. Yeah. How do you feel about streaming versus physical media? I'm not a fan. Streaming's fine when you're in a pinch. Yeah. If you go to a, a hotel or something and you want to watch something, yeah, stream it. Yeah. If, in my case, if I don't feel like running downstairs to the office and waking up somebody or whatever, I'll just stream it, you know. Most of the time I'll sit down and look for some whatever's on, whatever's available. But I don't like the idea of relying on streaming because so many movies, the rights change hands and it may not always be there. Mm-hmm. I've heard awful stories of people who have bought films, bought them, that's theirs. And because that service... That streaming service doesn't have the movie rights anymore. You just paid 20 bucks for something that just disappeared. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't like that. I like having it a tangible film in the collection. I like the aesthetic of having tons of movies around me. Yeah. I, I you know, I wanted the video store. And I right. made, and I made one. You did too. Yeah. No, I don't like things being exclusively streaming. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised when you Tina and I ran up to Target one day. And saw not a Blu-ray, but a DVD of the movie Sick. Yeah. Which was a new slasher movie that was, to my knowledge, I think it was like a Peacock Plus original. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the the COVID slasher movie by Kevin Williamson. Great movie, but I was like, it was made for this service. So I just assumed I wouldn't see a hard copy of it. Right. And to be honest, me being a Blu-ray collector, they only put it out on DVD. Yeah. So do I pick it up? Or do I pick it up and all of a sudden later down the line they just put it on DVD or Blu-ray? Mm-hmm. I don't want to make that risk, but there's also Disney Plus and me being a Marvel person, they were making original Marvel shows like WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All these original shows, She-Hulk and all these, went straight to Disney Plus with no originally no intention of a home video version. Yeah. Which sucks because I've collected every Marvel movie. Okay. I've got them all on Blu-ray. The fact that continuing stories weren't going to be available Uh anywhere but Disney Plus made me mad because I'm like, I've got this entire saga on my shelf 
and we're stopping here. I can't collect these shows. Yeah. And recently, WandaVision and Loki, I believe, have both been put out on Blu-ray as fairly expensive steelbooks. Really? Kind of limited. So they're going to gouge me. Yeah. You know, but at the same time... I want to keep my collection growing in that Marvel universe. Right. I've got them all. Why, yeah. why would I stop? So, yeah, I don't like how they're kind of stingy with some, not stingy with others. It's it's too much of a crapshoot. Right. To go back to horror for us, I'm a big Mike Flanagan fan. Okay. I thought The House on Haunted Hill was a masterpiece. It was put out on Blu-ray and DVD, as was its spiritual sequel, Bly Manor, House on Bly Manor. But The Midnight Club, Midnight Mass, the movie Hush, uh, Gerald's Game, which was a Stephen King adaptation, all of these were Netflix originals, and not a damn one of them has a DVD or Blu-ray release. Yeah. So what's the criteria to pick and choose what gets to the store? Mm-hmm. Um, I personally would collect all of them. Right. There's only two available. The rest of them um, are sold via bootleggers oh yeah high quality bootleggers yep wow and and it's not i'm obviously i'm not going to say where right i'm not going to call anybody out but i have blu-rays of hush and gerald's game and they're fantastic i mean whoever made it made covers it's really good cardstock and the blu-rays have have like a label printed on it yeah it looks like i could have bought it at the store that's how good they made it wow but it's like you're not really stepping on anyone's toes because you're not selling a Blu-ray that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a streamer. And um, I, of course, I'd much rather have a legit copy of these films. Right. But when's Netflix going to give us one? Right. Another good question, but there's a lot of Stranger Things fans out there. Target had released Stranger Things seasons one and two when they came out as big box VHS cases, mm-hmm. which were amazing. Yeah. I bought them both. Second season hit Target shelves, or the first season hit Target shelves just as the second season was premiering on Netflix. So the idea was when season three starts, the next one will come out. Yeah. And it did. When season four started, no season three. When season five started, no season four. Suddenly they just stop. So there's two copies. There's a copy a piece of season one and mm-hmm. two on my shelf in these really fucking cool... Yeah. 80s looking VHS box sets, three, four, and five. Nope. Yeah. Nothing. Or three and four. I think five is uh, being made as we speak. But I just, I don't understand the mentality of these can be released, but not these. Right. You got to watch Netflix. I don't know. I don't get it. So my beef with streamers is kind of how stingy they are with the original content. Yeah. What if, uh, what if I didn't want Netflix anymore? Yeah. But I like these shows. Yeah. They don't want you sharing passwords. Mm -hmm. They certainly don't want you doing that. Um, They certainly don't want you to join and then quit. Yeah. But a lot of people are doing that too. Why not just put it out on Blu-ray? Yeah. And then make money off of the sales of those. Because the people who like that show are going to buy it. The people who haven't gotten to see that show will get a chance to buy it. Right. You're making a profit either way. Yeah. So, no, I, I have a... It's not even a love-hate with streaming. It's kind of a eh relationship. Yeah. Because it's good for what it is, but I don't like that there's no other option. Yeah. That bothers well, you know, me. I have a different variation. Sure. Um, Simpsons. Yeah. So it actually made me stop watching the show when they stopped producing the seasons. Oh, on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I know, I know Al Jean, the showrunner. Mm-hmm. Came out and said, like, the reason why they they discontinued was because of slumping sales. Sure. Which I'm like, 
okay, but plus come devil's on. advocate, it's really hard to collect a 30 year run of shows. Simpsons is kind of the exception to the rule. Like it's been on for most people's whole life. Oh yeah. But if you're releasing them once or twice a year, you're not breaking anyone's bank. Right. Someone like me who my favorite years of the Simpsons were probably the first decade. Mm-hmm. I've got seasons one through 10 and I'm kind of good. Yeah. But, but see, it's the, it goes back to that completist mentality though. It is like it bugged me when they made the Simpsons heads. Yes. You know, and then like... I have 10 seasons and only one of them is a head. Yeah, that bugs me. I didn't like that. And I bought it because it was the only thing I thought was out. Yeah. And then they retroact... Mine was season six, mm-hmm. I believe, is a Homer head. Yeah. And I bought it because it was like, this is this is it. This is all they had. They retroactively released a season six. Just like a regular paper case. To look like the other ones. And yeah. I was like, fuck. Yeah. I don't want to rebuy it. So I have 10 seasons that look, nine of them look one way and one of them is the odd duck. And that bugs me. It does. It bugs me too. I yeah. also don't like that there's nothing on the side of those to let you know. I mean, it's a Simpsons case, but I don't see the Simpsons no, season it's six. It's just on the seam for where it opens. It's the seam. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like that. No. Just as an aesthetic, it bothers me. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. Because I think I I actually, I think I only have probably like six seasons. Well, I'm going to make you even matter here. Okay. Um, I don't remember what season it is, but do you remember the season that Michael Jackson played a mental patient? Oh, yes. That episode isn't on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> so even if you're streaming The Simpsons, you're not getting every episode. And I have that episode on DVD. Yeah. So I just feel like the streamers, they... Henpeck. The pick and choosing is very bizarre. Or there's there was a lawsuit somewhere and they were like, well, we got to yank that episode or we got to edit this scene or we got to take music out that was maybe once there. Because I've seen that a lot with like that 70s show. Mm-hmm. That 70s show during its original run had lots of classic rock. Right. Recognizable classic rock. Right. You go back and watch it in syndication, songs that you knew were in this scene or that scene are no longer there and it's just filler music from sitcom music, whatever. And that's what bothers me is just the fact that whatever you're watching on television, if you're just relying on that, you're not getting the whole thing. Yeah. You're you're certainly not getting it the way it was broadcast originally. A stick in my brother's craw and and mine is friends. Mm -hmm. Okay. You got 10, 11 years of friends. My mom collected them all. Okay. All 10 seasons. Boom. These were uncut. These episodes, you Friends is on like all the time. Doesn't matter what channel, you're channel surfing, you're going to yeah. find it. It's probably on right now. These syndicated episodes are so heavily edited for commercial time that you're not seeing everything. If you pop in the DVDs, you get a 26, 27 minute episode. Whereas television with commercials, you might get 20 minutes. Yeah. So there's a, roughly a seven minute difference of footage that you're not getting that's here. Mm-hmm. What makes me mad about that, whether I'm a Friends fan or not, they've since re-released them on Blu-ray, like a box set. My mom's like, actually, it wasn't even my mom. It was my brother. He was like, oh, I'll pick up Friends. I'll get it this time. I got my own. Yeah. Mom's got hers. Buddy of his was like, don't do it. I bought the box set. It's the syndicated versions that are edited. No way. You're buying it. You're buying the show. And they didn't even bother to port over the DVD versions, which came with... The original air run episodes. Yeah. You're getting the ones that have been truncated for commercial time. Wow. That's fucking insulting to me. If you're purchasing something, you should damn well be purchasing the one that it was meant to be seen. Yep. 
you know, warts and all complete. Um, And what's really wild is Josh, he's found a couple of episodes. There was an episode of Friends. One of the jokes was they somehow accidentally had free porn. Like, you know, you remember back in the day when we had like the Spice Channel yeah. and it would be squiggled out and we'd yeah. be like, I could see a tit. For, for whatever reason, Joey and Chandler turned on their TV and the porn channel just came in. So the gag was, don't turn off the TV or we'll lose our free porn. So the whole episode, porn is playing in the background as well as you can get for television. It was always, you'd see an elbow or something, yeah. you know. So you didn't see anything, but on these DVDs, these Warner DVDs that came out, there's a tit or two that shows up. No kidding. Yeah, full straight up nudity. I could understand why it would be edited for television after the fact, like somebody called in and said, that one stuck in, whatever. It's not on the Blu-rays. You'll never see it on network television again. Wow. But on that DVD released in the 90s, or at least the beginning of the 2000s, you got really an uncut episode with nudity. Yeah. You know, and... Stuff like that just drives me insane. Yeah. Drives me absolutely fucking insane. Wow. Yeah. I think one of the only big shows that I, I, and I'm not a big sitcom collector, Mm -hmm. but I did buy the entire run of Cheers. Oh, yeah. And uh, to my knowledge, those are completely uncut and polished and look great. But it's like, I've watched reruns on like the Decades Network or whatever, Mm -hmm. and they're cut. So, I mean, that's not even streaming. Yeah. That's just network television screwing you now. So collecting your shows, your movies, whatever, you're guaranteed to have it. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise, if you're just going to rely on streaming or television or broadcasting or syndication, whatever, you're never going to get the original the way it was intended to be. Yeah. You know, and I'm not even talking about Cheers, Friends, Modern Shit, Twilight Zone, Dark Mm -hmm. Shadows, Outer Limits. All of these are edited now. And if you want to see the real deal, you got to buy it. Yeah. I know we've had this argument. Be- well, we're not arguing, but we've <laughs> had this topic before where is streaming worth it? And I'm like, not really. No. I, I'd much rather just have it on my shelf and pop it in at my mm-hmm. leisure. And um, I know a lot of people, probably him and Holly, guys like us who are like, you're wasting space. You're wasting money. It's a dead format. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Well, when your movie disappears and I can pop mine in, I feel like I'm the one who won. Yep. You know. And it sounds like they do. Yeah. They do disappear. I, I just, I don't understand the mentality that just because I bought it streaming, it's there forever. Right. I mean, that goes for music. Yeah. Any, anything. You know, if you have a... If you've got a massive iTunes collection that you spent thousands of dollars on, one bad thunderstorm will wipe that fucker out. But I can put on my record. Yeah. I can put on my CD. And you always got it. You always got it. You know, yeah. So, I mean. No, that's awesome, man. I don't mind paying the extra money for a little little flair. Yeah. Box set or something. I'll always buy. One of the first times, I think the first time I came out here, me and Josh, you had the big fucking Nakatomi Tower. Oh, yeah. Diehard set. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And even if you weren't going to watch the movies, you've got a, you know, like a one scale replica Mm -hmm. of Nakatomi Tower in your house. I think maybe that's what we should get into on the next episode is just our crazy elaborate box sets. Oh, man. Yeah. I've got a few. I got a few as well. Yeah. Like, I think it would be cool. You know, maybe we could mess around with that idea next time. Sure. So, well, thanks for the education. Yeah. Very informative. I yeah. learned some stuff. I have a, as you were talking, I was making a list of things I want to get. Sure. So, but I, even, like I said, even if you're not a Friends fan, that's just an example. Very interesting. It's just an that's example. That's a very interesting thing. Because to me, that, that instance told me, well, this could be for, this could happen to MASH. Or yeah. All in the fan. It doesn't right. matter. Right. Any of your favorite shows, if it happened to Friends, which is like, 
America's favorite sitcom. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about anything obscure that you've got. You know, something that you like. So, I mean, yeah, fucking buy it, man. Just buy it. Always buy it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, well, until next time. See you guys.